0: What a great day, what a great
1: day, amen and amen. Let's give Jesus a clap offering, can you do that? Just put your hands together. To the good Lord that we serve, amen and amen. Thank you so much, you may be seated. It was uh, about six weeks ago that I gathered with a group of pastors uh, from L.A. and uh, the Inland Empire, Orange County and as far south as San Diego and we decided that pentecost sunday would be the day that we would open regardless of what the governor said and it was not in defiance it was a privileged right given to americans under the first amendment and it's not because we're not concerned about health and not concerned about our people It is because we believe that it is the personal right of every American to decide his health, his freedom, and the decisions he or she would make in life. And so we, with that, just say thank you for being here. We uh, took the steps to reduce our our number to 25%, and uh, so you have lots of space today. And uh, everybody said, can we do this all the time? because it's nice nice to to be able to to have a big aisle to walk out of. Well, our nation is in a, a mess. There's no other way to put it. We find ourselves torn emotionally in every direction, calling out to God for answers,
0: believing that in the midst of crisis and difficulty and
1: challenges, that God indeed is working. God is working to bring people to faith in Christ. He's working to change the, the very structure of a person's heart to where they can love the Lord their God. It doesn't mean they will. That's still the choice of every individual. But we believe that many of the things that have happened have not happened by accident. Cannot, the finger cannot be pointed just in one direction, but rather to humanity who fell away from God in the, in the beginning, and, and the consequence of the sin that we have created in our world brings about the consequences of tragedy and difficulty in our world. But we are bigger than that and better than, and than that, and we are called to be warriors in a land that is challenging and difficult on every hand. Never were we promised that it was going to be easy. Never were we given by Jesus this somehow pass to have an easy life. No, we were called to be world changers, to make a difference in our world. Whether our world involved just our family, or our community, or our schools, or our businesses, or our nations, we are called to be that kind of change agent in our world. Amen? Can you put your hands together and say yes to God for that?
0: Some of the headlines that you and I have been watching over
1: the last uh, several weeks have been alarming to say, the least our prayers go out to all those who are on the front line of any particular area whether it's health uh, law enforcement or whatever it might be our prayers go out and we uh, we just want to say we love you and we thank you for every uh, thing that you have done to make our life better and safer in these days here's a couple of headlines that I want to just bring to your attention the first one is this gripped by disease unemployment and outrage at the police, America plunges into crisis. You can't read that headline without taking a step back and wondering what kind of world do we live in and what's happening in our world. The next one is this. Newsom declares state of emergency in L.A. and deploys the National Guard. Who would ever think that our cities would be burned in a day like this?
0: The next next one is is Illinois Governor
1: J.B. Pritzker lifts all restrictions on churches after Christians take him to the Supreme Supreme Court. Court. That That one to me was was the most interesting because because it was was just hours before the Supreme Supreme Court was was going going to act on this. And he he did what every bully does, he backed down. 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 I I want you to know know the ultimate bully in the world is Satan. When you stand in the name and the power of God, he backs down, amen? Amen. A couple of years ago, I wrote a book called One Nation Without Law. And in the opening page of that uh, book, I said, uh, after an interview with the History Channel for a, for a, a segment I did, they asked me off camera, what scares you the most? And without even thinking, I said, when lawlessness is walking down Main Street, and it cannot be checked by the authorities. And never has this book been more relevant than it is today. In a season of lawlessness, and that lawlessness is not talking about you exceeding the speed limit, it is about a spirit in our age that drives us away from truth, the rule of law, and the love of God. And when that happens to us as a nation, we open the doorway, to those who would be despotic rulers, who would overrun rights, who would take advantage of the weak and the innocent, and who would seek to elevate themselves above all others. Ultimately, we know in the Bible, that is a reference to what the Antichrist will come in the last days. At a time of national crisis, we all mourn. We can't help but mourn. I watched, as many of you did, the song that Kidron Bryant sang, a 12 year old African American young man sang from his heart. And it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy that we still have racial divide in our nation. We're better than that. And as Christians, we have no excuse for that. We must rise above all of the despicable thoughts and and hatred hatred that comes in our world. (laughs) Amen? I want want you to to watch Kidron as he sings this song.
0: I'm a young black man doing all that I can to stand. Oh, but when I look around and I see what's being done to my kind, Every day, I'm being hunted as prey. My people don't want no trouble. We've got enough jungle. I just want to live.
1: Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Those are the words spoken by Martin Luther King, Jr. We're living in a time of spiritual apathy. Church was taken for for granted, and then the church was taken away. And then for the first time, some Christians spoke out, said, wait a minute, you mean I can't go to church? And yet, thousands and thousands of Sundays were squandered on the idol of ease, convenience, and recreation. God said, you don't want church, I'll just take it away for a while. We're living in a time of prophetic fulfillment. The things happening in our world that we can't see and understand fully because we don't have the God perspective on what God is up to. The prophet Habakkuk said, wonder, be astounded, for I'm doing a work in your day that you would not believe if told. You see, God is doing something whether you feel it or not. God is working whether he's working in your life or not. And what we want to do is say, God, we want you to work in our life. We want to be those world changers. We want to be those people. I want you to know it's midnight in America. The church is asleep and slumbering in the night. Like Samson, we do not know that the power has departed. And like those who sleep, we are unaware of what's happening around us. We cling to our comfort like a child holding a toy. You see, it's midnight in America. The spirit of fear has paralyzed us to believe the ancient lie that appeasement is better than courage. The church is so hungry to be accepted by the world that it has relinquished its power, forfeited its birthright, and accepted its place as a non-essential business. It's midnight in America. Lost in a maze of appeasement, the church expects little from God. Is it any wonder why we don't see more signs, wonders, and miracles? Gone are the days of the bold prophets who spoke out against the sins of the nation. It's midnight in America, and we are at the doorstep of the return of Christ. Every day we see more and more signs of his return, but are we ready? You know, God loves working at midnight. In the book of Exodus, it was God who brought at midnight the tenth plague on the nation of Egypt. It was at midnight that Samson, in his final His final victory over the Philistines pulled down the pillars on the Philistines, and the Bible says that he killed more Philistines in his dying than he ever did in his living, and I want you to know you'll make more progress in your spiritual life when you die to self and you live unto God. Amen?
0: It was at midnight that Ruth
1: met her Redeemer, her kinsman Redeemer, and brought about the clear picture of what it means to be in covenant with God. It was at at midnight that persistent prayer was offered up there in Luke chapter 11, and we find the miracle of what happens when we pray, even at midnight. It was at midnight that the prison doors were opened and the guards were saved when Paul and others began to sing their praises unto the Most High God. You see, God loves working at midnight. Can you say with me, it's midnight? And God's going to work. Just say it. God is going to work. In 1927, Smith Wigglesworth said, there must be a special preparation for the return of Christ, and at least half of all believers will be totally unprepared. I don't know whether his his percentages are correct or not, but I want you to know that most people who call on the name of Christ are unprepared for the coming days, are unprepared for the return of Christ. Jesus tells a story in Matthew 25 of ten virgins who fell asleep while waiting for the return of Christ. It's a picture of the church.
0: It's a picture of us who fall asleep
1: and then we're caught unaware when all of a sudden the government encroaches upon our rights and we say, wait a minute, aren't we Americans? And it's time for the church to wake up. There is a wake up call coming today, amen. Let's just wake up. Let's get up out of our sleep. Have you ever been sleepy and slumbering and somebody wakes you up and you're disoriented? I expect that when you start to wake up, you're going to be disoriented. But all of a sudden, you're going to come to your senses and you're going to see what's going on in this world. And you're going to say, wait a minute, not on my watch. That's not going to happen.
0: Matthew 25, Jesus said this
1: The kingdom of heaven shall be likened unto ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. Those who were foolish took the lamps. Uh, and had no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But all the while the bridegroom was delayed, and they all slumbered and slept. He's saying the church is slumbering and sleeping. You notice they took; they all had the lamp. The lamp is a picture of the word of God. Christians say, "Yes, I believe I have the word of God." But what the foolish ones forgot was the power of the Holy Spirit. They didn't have the oil. And they went, and they said, we need we need the oil. Do we have oil? You're going to see this as we study the scripture. They said, no, we don't have any. Go find some and buy it. You see, you can call yourself a Christian, claim the word of God, but if you've not received the Holy Spirit of God, you're none of his. You're not going to make it into heaven because you called yourself a Christian.
0: You're gonna make your into heaven because you've believed on the Lord
1: Jesus Christ, been saved, been filled with the Holy Spirit, and walk in this of life.
0: Smith Wigglesworth went on to say, when the word and the spirit combine,
1: we shall see the greatest move of the church that Jesus of Jesus Christ has ever seen. You see, there's something that happens when we don't just lean over here into the spirit, or just lean over here into the word, but we say, No, it's the spirit and the word of God, amen and amen.
0: You see, there's a midnight cry
1: in Matthew 25, verses six through nine, and it says, at midnight, a cry was heard. There it is. It's midnight in America. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. The bridegroom is Jesus Christ in the story. You see, the bridegroom is coming. You say, well, when is he coming? We don't know the time or the day that he's coming, but he's coming. And we're close to his return. And it says, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and they trimmed their lamps. That is, they got out their Bibles and they said, let's read our Bibles for a change. Things are too bad right now. We better find out what God has to say. So they trimmed their lamps and the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Give us the Holy Spirit, give us your power, give us your authority, give us your miracles. That's what we want. But the wise answered and said no, lesser should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. In other words, I can't help you now, it's too late. It's too late. The Bible says, time of the return is clearly marked out in Scripture. Matthew twenty-four thirty-six through 37 says, but of the day and the hour no one knows. Anyone who says they know, run. There are those who always claim, I, I know when he's coming. Here's what Jesus said, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only.
0: But as the days of Noah were, so also shall be the coming of the Son of Man.
1: You see, the Bible says that in the days of Noah, they were eating and drinking. They were marrying and given in marriage. They were going through life as they always went through life. But all of a sudden, it began to rain, and the door on the ark closed, and it was too late for them to enter in. And the Bible says that it will be like that in the coming of the Son of Man. That you will go through life. You will go through all the routines you've always had, and all of a sudden, the door will close, and it will be too late. Revelation chapter 16 and verse 15 says, Behold, I am coming as a thief. I don't know if you've ever been robbed. We had a robbery one time in our house while we were gone. You know, the thief didn't call ahead. I'm going to be at your house about 2 p.m. Would you leave the doors unlocked and make my entrance easy? You see, no thief does that. Jesus said, I'm like that in that I don't announce my coming in advance. In other words, I don't want you to cram for the final exam. What I want you to do is live daily in the power of the Spirit of God. Live your life as you were called to be a light in this world. Amen? And he says, blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments. You know what that means? That means you don't become stained with the world lest he walk naked, and they see his shame. You see, when you walk without the power of God, you're walking without armor. You're walking naked into a dangerous world. You see, there comes a point in which it's too late to enter into the kingdom of God. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 25 and verses 10 through 13. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door What's shut? The saddest words of Tunger are what might have been. Don't live your life with regret. Don't live your life with what might have been. Live your life with purpose and dedication and calling on your life. And afterwards, the other virgins came saying, Assuredly I say to you, I do not know you, and I do not know who you are. Watch, therefore, for you you know neither the day nor the hour that the Son of Man is coming.
0: Imagine that word. You're knocking on the door. The Lord says, I'm sorry.
1: I don't know you. You see, in the Bible, there's three categories of people.
0: There's those who are saved. That is, they truly know that they've come into relationship with
1: Jesus Christ through the blood of the Lamb. And there's not, there's not something in their heart that says, no, that's not true. There may be a sense of of guilt guilt because you haven't lived for God, God, but you you know know that God has saved you. And then there are those who are lost. And those who are lost say, you know, I I know I'm not not a Christian, Christian, but I'm I'm not not ready yet. yet. You You see, we don't don't know when yet yet comes. The The Bible says today is the day of salvation. If you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Because hearts can become hardened. They can become become callous. callous. We can can point our our finger at religion, we can can point our our finger at a church, church. we can point our our finger at another Christian, Christian. and we we can can use that as an excuse to harden our heart. But God says, when I come to you, I'm gonna take away your stony heart. I'm gonna gonna cut cut away those things that are calloused in you, and I'm gonna gonna give you a new heart." heart, amen? A new heart that can love the Lord your God that can't respond to the things of God. Hope there will always be those you can blame, always be excuses we can make. But let's take that away. Let's long for the Lord, the living Lord. And then there's a third category, and that's the deceived. The deceived, of course, the lost as well. But that's the person who says, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm pretty sure I'm getting to heaven. Yeah, I I go to church, I've been baptized, And they've got all the religious words and all the right things to say except there's nothing inside. This is the most dangerous state to be in is to think you know him and not know him. I want you to know this morning, and I want you to know him. Whether you're here in this worship center or whether you're watching around the world, shout out to all of you who are watching worldwide to influence church. Thank you for your support, your love, and your prayers. Every week we see tens of thousands of people who log on and watch this service, who respond to the call to become a Christian, who respond to the call to renew their faith in Jesus Christ. I want you, whether you're here or you're out there in the parking lot at our drive-in service or you're watching worldwide on the web, we want to give you an invitation to become a Christian. We want to give you an invitation to receive Christ, to put away excuses and the blame game and say, Jesus, save me.
0: You see, Jesus died on
1: a cross for your sins. He rose from the dead to give you eternal life. And right now he speaks, he whispers in your ear, he says, come to me, come to me. Because if you call on the name of the Lord, the Bible says you will be saved. And And here's here's a prayer you you can pray pray with me right now. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you rose from the dead. I believe that you came to give me life. I receive that life. It may be midnight in America, but it's morning
0: and a fresh day
1: and a new start for me. Because this is the day the Lord has made. And when, and when you receive Christ by faith, you put your faith in him. You say, well, pastor, I don't have a lot of faith. You don't need much. The Bible says you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain.
0: See, God's just looking for a little bit of faith to say, God,
1: I believe. And then let God take over from there, amen? Just let God take over. Just say, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus. Have you said yes, Jesus, today? Have you said yes to the good Lord who loves you, has called you by his name? that he saved you. If you're a Christian and you're living in a life that's less than fully committed, would you recommit yourself today to the Lord? Would you say, Lord Jesus, I want to be a powerful Christian. I want to be a mighty Christian. I want to make the world a better place. I'm going to do everything I can to extend the love of God wherever I go. Would you say that? Would you you say, renew me, God. Fill me me with with your spirit, Lord Jesus. Come in powerfully and mightily today. In Jesus' name. Was that your prayer? Then thank the good Lord. You know, one of the things that, uh, amen, just put your hands together give him the glory.